I have something I want to share today. Uh, if you don't, we normally don't have a big green thing up here <laughs> at the front. <laughs> uh, although it would be nice if we just did this every week. I would love to do this every week. Um, but we're preparing for uh, baptism today. We have six people that we're going to baptize today. And it's so, it's so much fun to just do it uh, right here in the sanctuary. You know, I grew up in eastern Colorado, and we'd go out to the lake. Um, and we would have a baptismal service in the lake, you know. And, and uh, I, I actually baptized Buddy, believe it or not. And he, you know, he didn't drown or anything, you know, <laughs> in our pool. But it's nice when we can just do this together and, you know, for all of us to encounter God uh, with, together, that we're making a commitment together, amen? And so uh, we're going to, I want to talk about this today, though, because, um, you know, we've been talking the, the last couple weeks, we've been talking about this call that God has on our life. And he's calling us out to a completely new life that's going to require our participation in what he calls us to. Um, so it's not enough to just have a call. You have to answer it. And then there's going to be a subsequent one where he takes you further. But the initial one is I've got to let go of where I've been if I'm going to have something else. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it kind of like this way. Uh, um, how many... Sometimes I like to kid my wife, and she gets upset at me. <laughs> Sometimes, I'll, you know, I was watching baseball. How many are watching the home, uh, the, the uh, World Series? You know, and, I, and I'm watching, you know, and they, and, and you know how they can slow down to where, you know, you can. It's amazing how how fast these cameras, how many frames are going. I guess it is because man, they can slow it down where you can, and, and they analyze this guy's form and everything. <laughs> and, I'm, and, I, and I'm sitting there and I think. I think I could be a major league baseball player. I mean, I just saw how it's done, right? <laughs> it's not going to happen, is it? Why? Because to really become something, you're going to have to change your whole life if that's what you're going to do. You know what I mean? It's like it's going to it's going to touch every part of your life. If you're going to do something else with your life, it can't be just a little bit of it. It's going to touch every part of your life. Yeah, I, I, I see this. <laughs> it, it's kind of a blessing in some ways. Um, everybody thinks, you know, it, it's, it's very similar. And to me, thinking I can be a major league baseball player, you know, people get inspired by musicians, that, how they play the guitar or something. They think, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn to play the guitar. And they go down to, you know, straight music or, or, you know, the music store, and they buy a nice guitar. And what's really wonderful about this is they're not really, I'm, I'm just talking from my standpoint. What's really wonderful about this is they don't know what it's going to take to actually learn to play something. It's going to have to change kind of who you are. You're going to have to not do something else. You're gonna, it's going to replace your life somehow, and you're going to actually start seeing yourself as a musician. So I've kind of gone through this in the inverse a little bit. I grew up just thinking that's all I was, was a musician <laughs> and God's had to kind of work on me and help me understand that I'm not just a musician God has something else for me you know but in order to get transformation in your life there has to be a taking on of an identity that's going to touch every part of your life in one way or another okay so 
I would like for us to, to look at, at baptism in not just a going under the water process, but a transformational process. Okay? And so I, 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 I think it's kind of interesting because we don't really see baptism in the Bible at all until John comes along, right? And, and he starts baptizing people and, and saying, you have to repent and be baptized for the kingdom of the Lord, uh, of God is at hand, right? And, and it's like, well, where did baptism become such a big deal, you know? And so we, we don't grow, we, we're not in the same culture that they had back then. And there was, there was more of an understanding of what it meant to go through this process of identifying publicly with another way of life. So I wanted to go back and look at maybe some of the origins and what they have in, in an understanding of what this means, uh, uh, of what baptism means. So first of all, I just want to look at just what the meaning is initially, just what the, because sometimes when we think of baptism, all we think is dunk, you know, it's a, we're going under the water. It's going to, we're going to get dunked. But the real purpose of a baptism, and it doesn't really require, for in some of the meanings, it doesn't really require immersion. But it is, it does refer to washing. And there's a cleansing process that's taking place where things are being removed for a preparation for something else. So there's an understanding of washing. And then there is an immersion that we see, like in the in the New Testament, especially. But the purpose of the immersion part is for, their, for that cleansing to touch every part of the body. For it to leave nothing out. You go clear under, right? But I, I want to look at this just a little bit more in the understanding and the implications that are going on with it. It's, it's to remove, remove impurities and to commit, not to just remove the, those things. It's not you're just not just repenting, but you're committing to another way that's going to encompass your whole life. Okay? It's leaving nothing out. So I want to go back, first of all, into the Old Testament where we can see not our understanding that John was talking about of, of uh, baptism, but, but where they did use washing in preparation for a very important Occurrence, okay? So I'm just going to describe this. I'm not going to read the whole uh, passage here, but it's out of Le Leviticus 16 if you want to go back and read there. And God's giving them, he's, he's describing them, giving them the, uh, the way in which their sins are going to be atoned for. And Aaron, he's given Aaron the, the, the job of once a year going in and atoning for the sins of the people. And it's kind of a complicated thing. They have to go in. He has to atone for his own first. He has to give a sacrifice for himself first. And what is this? This is to take care of all of the sins that are being removed. He's, he's covering all the sins. And part of the process of doing this is Aaron is going to have to put on clothes that are appropriate for this. They're holy clothes. They're righteous clothes. They represent God. And you can't just go put on some clothes. Has, 
that's like, that's like coming in from mowing the yard. And I'm just going to mow the yard before I go to church today. Forget about a shower. I'm just putting on my Sunday clothes over the top of this stinky stuff. And, you know, I grew up in eastern Colorado. And we had a lot of pig farmers and a lot of people. And, and as much as those guys washed off, you could still smell the pigs on them. You know, <laughs> they were clean. They were squeaky clean. But, <laughs> but there's a necessity. If you're going to put on garments that are appropriate for a certain occasion, that you wash yourself. And so that was part of the, the, the directions that were given to Aaron. Okay, before you put on these clothes that are going to qualify you to go in and take care of your own sins and the sins of all the people, you're going to have to put on garments that are appropriate for that. But before you can do that, you got to clean yourself. you got to prepare yourself. And what's interesting is they... Um, he had to cleanse himself once he got done with that also, when he'd go put his old clothes back on. And then anybody that touched these animals had to cleanse themselves. There, there's this cleansing process that was necessary that in order to be qualified to deal with sin in a way that it's, it's going to be completely eradicated, there had to be a cleansing process that took place. Now I know the, the blood of Jesus and the blood is, is what's actually removing that. But the vessel that's going to be operating in that, there was a cleansing process. So this is really the only reference that we can look at that we can say, okay, these people are seeing, they're talking about baptism. They're, they're talking about being uh, repenting. And what is the repenting of? It's of sin. But I thought, you know, back in that time, it was being taken care of in the temple. But but there had to be a heart association with it. That's what John is saying. He says, you know, you have all these ways of pleasing God of, uh, that, the, that the law has provided, but where is your heart? He said, we're getting ready for a kingdom, for the Messiah to come. We have to become cleansed. We have to become, there has to be a repentance from something that would be inadequate for this. You can't have even a, a small amount. It's going to have to touch your whole body. You're going to have to be immersed in this to where it, it, it just removes all anything that would be inappropriate for the king. But it's not just that. It's, it's repenting of that. But then the baptism is not just the removal of those things. It's the committing to a completely new way of life. Okay? So... I, I, one of the best uh, things that, 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 that is correlated uh, in the Bible is a marriage. You know, our relationship with God, it's, it's like a marriage. And that's really what God is calling us into in, in repenting, in being baptized. It's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to become committed completely to God. And I heard an example of this that I think is kind of appropriate. It's, it's like when, when you stand at the altar and, and you commit to, to another uh, woman, part of your vows isn't, I vow to love you and to serve you all the days of the year except for one. And that one day, I want to go be with as many other women as possible.
Now, when you make a commitment in marriage, that means all the time, doesn't it? That means before I put this ring on, I was a dude with wandering eyes. And my eyes have become fixed with like blinders on. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like you're a different person the next day. Or you better be. Right? When it's legitimate, and God looks at our relationship with him in the same way, he says, I'm calling you out to a marriage. I'm jealous. I don't like you taking a single moment of your life and perverting it with some other God. Right? In order to entertain the king, you're going to have to be in a position that's not just, I'm assenting to that. No, my life is committed to that. It's touching every part of my life, okay? All right, let's, let's go on here. Um, let's go to 1 Corinthians. So again, our understanding, when we, when we think about baptism, a lot of times we're just wanting to, I love Jesus, so I'm going to be baptized. Make a public statement. No, it's a little bit more than that, okay? It's commitment to a completely new way of life, like marriage. Amen? Or it's touching every part of me now. (laughs) Okay, so let's go on to 1 Corinthians because it uses the word baptism again, but it doesn't have really anything to do with John's baptism. But it does have to do with what the purpose of baptism is. It's not just a ritual. You. it's not a magic thing that you get baptized and now, boy, at least you're, at least you're making it into heaven. You might live like you're in hell, but you're going to make it into because you got baptized. No, it's, 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 not, it's not about that. It's, a, it's, it's just like a marriage. It's as much as you make it, commit yourself to it, that's what it's going to be. Right? Okay. So 1 Corinthians 10 um, one through four, it kind of gives us an understanding of really what the purpose of this is that we're talking about, okay? It says, moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were what? Baptized into Moses. I, I, don't, I don't think they were running around baptizing everybody. It says, baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. That rock was Christ. When when Moses took all the children of Israel out of Egypt, they were being delivered, weren't they? But what happened right away? They started belly aching, didn't they? Bunch of whiners. Take us back to Egypt. (laughs) It's like the man that doesn't find the joy in his marriage. He says, oh, deliver me from this ball and chain. And that's that's not what it's designed to be, is it? No, there, when, you, when you fulfill your part, there's going to be joy in this relationship, right? Amen. Okay, yes. all right, and all the women said yes, yes. all right. Yes. 
So what happened to the children of Israel and why did they require baptism in order to go towards the promise that was before them? What happened? They got out in the the wilderness and now they have the Egyptians chasing them down, right? But what happened when they they went through through the ocean, through the sea? They were following Moses, weren't they? When they chose to follow him, when they chose to to begin to, 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 to leave Egypt and follow him, there was a baptism taking place. They were not going to be that anymore. Wow. Good. Wow. Now, we're going to come back to this later because just because we make a commitment today doesn't mean it continues. It needs to be a continued commitment. It's like marriage. I, I make this commitment today, but I'm going to make it again tomorrow because I love. Right? It doesn't disqualify my next commitment. No. It enables my next commitment. Right? So they went through the sea, and then what happened? God gave them a cloud. And what was the purpose of the cloud? To lead them, right? And what happened? When they followed the cloud, they went the right way. What did that require? I'm not going to go my own way. I'm not going to go some other way. I'm not going to go around this mountain because I want to. No, I'm following the cloud. What is it? That's baptism. I'm letting go of whatever I want to do, my pathway, my way. And I'm becoming immersed in what the Spirit says to do. Does that make sense? They put baptism right here in the New Testament without any water that I can see. And yet it's illustrative of what this should mean to us, right? There should be the part where we're saying, I'm leaving the old. But then there should be the part that says, I'm following the new. I'm following the direction that God's given me. Partially, no. Completely. That's what we're committing to, That's right? right? So All right. Um, so John comes along and he does start preaching repentance and he says, you have to, be, you have to repent. What does that mean? I'm letting go of Egypt. <laughs> Sometimes if, if, we could just get a, if we could get a real revelation of what we're letting go of, yeah. we would go, duh. Why did I ever do that? Have you ever done something where you have had that revelation? And God's saying, I'm calling you out right now. If you could just see. And and they they could have gone into the promised land. What did they do? They backed off from the promised land. Because they thought that the the giants were too big. For a God that just delivered them from through the sea. It's like, it's a necessity of being immersed in this. This is why in the New Testament it says, be being baptized, be being filled, be, be being consumed, right? But anyway, okay, let's look at John 3.16. Luke, Luke 3.16. Okay. Uh, John answers saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal I strap, I, I am not worthy to lose 
he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So Jesus comes along and, you know, there's, there's an understanding that, that we can't even be uh, freed from our sin. There's a perception of this if we don't get baptized in water. And yet Jesus showed up without any sin at all and he committed and he submitted himself to the baptism of John. Why is that? Because he's setting himself, he's, he's, he's aligning himself with manhood to say that I'm going to go through this process myself and, and, and I am preparing myself to be the sacrifice I need to be. It's going to require this cleansing of the world. The world gets on us, right? But also, it was from that point on that his ministry began to happen, right? He went right from there into the wilderness to be tempted. What was happening with, with, with his baptism is he was submit, submitting to this process that is 101 that you have to let go. And Jesus wasn't the same after he was baptized. Yeah, that's right. Something changed in him. There was an anointing that changed, that equipped him to be able to go where he's going to go. Even Jesus, right? Was it the water? But it was submitting to that. It was a process that was put in place, right? And by being obedient to that, he was able to continue being obedient all the way to the cross. Right? So important. So John's talking about this, so and, he, and, he, and he talks about the Holy Ghost being a baptism. Well, how in the world is the Holy Ghost a baptism? Do we have to get, go under the water again? No, it, it's, it's an understanding of letting go of a former direction. I think it is very, very similar to the, to the baptism into the cloud in the Old Testament. No longer am I going to just be led by my feelings. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. The Spirit's going to touch every part of my being. It's not, I'm not just going to have a taste of it. It's going to fill me up and spill over and be my direction at every move. And there will be a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Don't you like that prophecy? Isn't that wonderful? But how is that going to be? Is it going to be if we're not completely baptized in the Holy Spirit? No, because we hear all kinds of other voices. How do you know which voice it's going to be? Only when you're completely immersed in it. Amen? And that's what he's talking about. He said, you know, Jesus is coming. So when, when, when Jesus came, he came with a baptism. But you know what? Jesus never physically baptized anybody in water. His disciples did. But he never did. His baptism was another kind of baptism. Wow. It was a baptism into a direction of your whole life. It wasn't just a removal from the old. It was a direction into the new. Wow, right? Okay. So let's go to Acts 2.38. And Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Huh. So he's, he, this is right after they were all filled on the day of Pentecost, right? And, and they're on the, and all these people from, it must have all been Jewish people or people that were of the, that religion because he's talking to them in a way that, that they wouldn't have been kosher to them. He wouldn't have been allowed to, to, to preach to Gentiles in this way, 
right? And we're going to see this with Peter. But what did he do? He, 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 uh, he said, repent. You're going to have to let go of a way that you thought was right. You're going to have to let go of that. And then you're going to have to be baptized towards a new. It's going to have to consume every part of your life. You know, sometimes when we see these clips like, like with Chad... We just think, well, that's just going to be a nice addition to my life. You know how the power of God works is, is just like in a, in a marriage. Yeah. <laughs> when you're not taking any moments out of the year to do anything other than be devoted to your, your companion, then you can flourish in that relationship. The same thing with God. When you're not taking any other portion of your life and allowing it to be consumed with any other passion, any other God, now his power can flow through you. You're prepared to deal with the power of sin and the curse of the law. You're able to take authority over those things, right? Um, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Then Peter said to them, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this is something that happens in another baptism. So there's, there's a need to understand when we're, we're submitting to baptism, even that, like we're doing today, that this isn't just going under the water. It's not just making a public statement. It's a turning from a completely unacceptable before God life and saying, now I'm committing completely to this new. Right? But it puts you in position for other things. Okay? All right. Let's go to Acts 19.1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. Paul encountered some people that, that uh, had given their life to, to, to Christ. They had been baptized uh, in, in John's way of repentance. But Paul encounters them and he says, um, but have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Has, has that happened to you? And they said, we don't even know about a Holy Ghost. We don't even know about that. So, let me see, where am I? Okay. And it happened while, while Paul was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. So these people, they, they have new life in Christ. They've been baptized, right? And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard uh, whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? Isn't that interesting? So that... You can be baptized, but not be baptized into everything. Is that true? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Huh. What's interesting, and we'll see this here in just a second, is you don't have to get a horse trough or a lake or anything else to be filled with the baptism of Jesus. 
Now, to become a part of him, there's this process that Jesus committed himself to that we're going to do today. It's necessary until there's a complete turning, until there's a public statement of this. There's no qualification for anything else, okay? But what's interesting is they were filled while they heard. When the word, when the truth comes to us, there's a penetration between soul and spirit that goes right to our heart and it opens up this well for life to go into. This is what happened. It said, while they were heard this, they were baptized. When they heard this, they didn't have to arrange something else. It doesn't say, now when doesn't mean they, they when doesn't include a whole week there where they plan to have a, a baptismal service. It says, when they heard, yeah. right? They were baptized in the, in the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So, baptism is, is about not just becoming committed to Christ and saying, I'm turning from something, but saying, I'm going to be filled up with the cloud. I'm going to be filled up with the direction for my life. Amen? Okay, let's go here real quick. Uh, Acts 10. <clears throat> so, this is, this is what happened when Remember, uh, Peter's up on the rooftop and he's having a dream and God brings down all these animals he's not supposed to eat and he tells him to eat and he says, I can't do that. I'm too holy and spiritual. I'm better than everybody else. And he <laughs> says, no, if I tell you to eat it, you eat it. Yeah. And so this is, this is where we get to be a part of all this. This is where it kind of started is God his passion in Christ was not to just keep it confined to one race or one group of people, but to make it open for everybody. That's the passion of, of the Father, right? So what did he do? There's a man, Cornelius, that was already living unto God. He was offering uh, offerings up to God. He was, he was committed. Um, it doesn't say that he had actually had an experience that we would call, he had not been baptized in water yet. But he had a passion for God. And because of that, an angel appeared to him and told him, that, told him about Peter. Same time Peter's up on this roof getting this dream, and they come together, <laughs> tell their stories to each other, and, and Peter starts preaching about Jesus to Cornelius. And all of, his, all of his staff, all of his workers, they're there together also. And they, they, they are all ready to hear what Peter has to say. And Peter is just telling them the story of Jesus, how he came, gave his life. And in the middle of that happening, while Peter, Acts 10, 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. What's he saying? All these people were a bunch of Gentiles, unqualified. And what's interesting is that the Holy Spirit fell on them 
before they were baptized in water. Baptism is an essential part of our experience with God. There has to be a complete immersion in his life, in his direction for us. When, when the Holy Spirit fell on them, it consumed them. Every part of their being. And every time in the, in the New Testament this happened, they would speak in tongues. Isn't that interesting? What's happening in the speaking of tongues part of this? Why is that important? What difference does it make? Because <laughs> to stay in the water realm of things, in our belly is a well of life that's desiring to overflow. Out of your belly will flow. Isn't that interesting? And that when we, be, when we become completely immersed in the Holy Spirit, he's, he's not just come to live in us. It says he came on them. That's like he, he's consuming every part of their, their being. Right? When that happened, it like it popped the cork of the well inside. And now that spirit inside that needed release that needed a voice, gets a voice, that doesn't get a brain filter. What I think about stuff, right? That has a free flow of the life, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So it's interesting, the sequence of events here, they were already, they already had a heart after God, uh, and they responded to the direction of God. But when the Holy Spirit came on, when with the preaching of the word, there was a reception of a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then it says, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Oh, so there still is something for them to do. They still need to make a public statement that I have left the old. They've been filled with the Holy Ghost. They've been speaking with tongues. But they still need to submit to this. Can you see that? There's a need. Why? Because it's just like a marriage. We can't just shack up here. We're going to have to make a a statement. We're going to have to have a ring on our finger. Amen? And you cannot have a significant relationship with somebody without the whole community knowing it. You go into the house together. You don't come out till the next morning. Something's afoot. Right? <laughs> you cannot have a relationship with God that is legitimate without the whole world knowing about it. Amen? <laughs> All right. All right, let's keep going. Luke 7, 29. Uh, with, with complete uh, uh, commitment, there's going to be an ability to accept and follow God. So I just wanted to point this out because th- th- there's a necessity in our life t- in following in baptism. What it does is it opens up our heart. And th- this will be baptism in the Holy Spirit. It'll be baptism in water, in repentance. What we're doing is we're opening up our heart to actually hear the voice of God in a way that was not possible before. I just want to point this out in this in, in this. Um, passage here says when and when all the people heard him even the tax collectors justified God even the tax collectors 
wow, we can pray for all. How many of those dudes are they fixing to hire? Let's just pray for them, right? <laughs> Even they, if they'd been baptized with the baptism of John. Isn't that interesting? That in this turning away from another life, opening up, up yourself and committing, what's happened? This isn't just a, a legal thing. This is a heart thing. This is a life-changing thing. I'm not just buying a straight music guitar. I'm a, du- I'm a musician dude. I'm growing my hair. You're not going to see my ears because I'm a musician. All right. I guess they've changed. That's how it was when I was in the 70s. All right. <laughs> okay. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves, not, ha- not having been baptized. Isn't that interesting? As long as there is a, as a, as a heart that's hard to a submission to God, there cannot be an, a reception. There cannot be an adjustment. There cannot be a transformation. It begins with answering that first call. Right? Okay. I thought that was pertinent. This, this is an essential thing. We do not have relationship. We don't have, we can't grow in the Lord without this process of departing from the old, going to the new. Amen? All right. First Corinthians 10. Oh. So I wanted to just go back to this real quick as, as we get ready to, to close this. Remember where I was talking about how the, the Old Testament, about the cloud and the sea? Well, the purpose of this passage is actually not to talk about the baptism of the cloud and the sea as much as to indicate that even though they had this encounter with God that they committed themselves to, after it, God was not pleased with most of them. Why? Because it's not just a one-time event that's going to do it. It's the commitment to what happens after that event. Amen? And Paul goes into a list of a lot of things. He said, you know what? If you're going to truly, it's kind of my illustration with, with marriage, you know. If you're truly going to be married, if you're truly going to be baptized unto God, if, if it's truly going to change your life, it's, it's going to consume all of your life, you're going to have to let go. And he goes through and he makes a list of some things. Yeah. Sexual sins, coveting, treating people wrong. They just do not coincide. You might as well be going out. That's how God looks at it. Right? Said. So just the act of, of baptism, and this is what I want to stress today. It's not a magical thing. You're not good just because you got baptized, according to, to what he's saying here. Said, even they were baptized in the sea and the and the and the the cloud, and yet most of them, most of them died in the wilderness, right? Why? Because it can't just be part of you. It can't just be a moment of you. It has to be all of you. It has to be a, com- a, a complete giving in to this. Not just, God, I'm good with you, I, but I really don't want to listen to what your spirit has to say about anything. I don't want to be full of your spirit. I just want to have a taste when I need it. Like on a really bad day, 
You know, when I, or if I, if I don't already know what I need to be doing, maybe I can ask him, you know, <laughs> and he can be my helper at that point. He says, if, if you're going to get the help of the Holy Spirit, he's going to have to help you at every turn, all the time. Amen? Okay. So let's look at Romans 6. <clears throat> and this is where we get our analogy of what baptism for us means is being baptized into his death. That means, and Paul was given this example here in Romans 6, he's saying, you can't be, you can't be dead to something and still have it squeaking on you. You know? It's, it's, it still can't be kicking if it's dead. And, and, and that's what Paul was actually using when he's talking about this reference to baptism. He said, you know what? When you made that commitment and before God and the world and everybody else, you said, I'm committed to this. It's touching every part of my life. I'm going under and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be everything about me. You didn't rise up out of that water with now an excuse to do something else. He said, if that was real, if you really did mean it when you stood at the altar and made those vows, it's going to change what you do. You are not going to shack up with somebody else. You are not going to act in this way. You're not going to lust after these other things. No, your life is going to be transformed You're not going to be conformed to the world, but you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind because you care about what he says about stuff, and it's going to change what you do with your life. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism. And again, I I don't want to just make this just about the water. Because we, we just pointed out that the, it's much bigger than just that. It's not a magical thing that we were buried with him just because we went under some water. No. <laughs> Something was going on in our heart. Yes. Amen. We were saying, I, I'm going to be completely consumed with what I found in Christ. Yes. And I'm going to allow his spirit to overwhelm me completely. Amen. And he says that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So what it's talking about here is really the purpose of baptism in its totality. Death to the old, but not just death to the old. Life to the new. Amen? Amen. So we come up out of the water with now, I am committed to walking in newness of life. Just as Christ raised up from the grave, so I can walk in newness of life. It's not up to me to do it myself. No, I do it because I have newness of life in Christ. Amen? Amen? You know, Hunter and I were talking about this also. You know, we are going to fail from time to time. First John talks about this. Says if if you say you don't sin, you're a liar. How many have not sinned today? Okay, everybody's afraid to because I just said that. You know, 
We might have had some people go for it, you know, before I... <laughs> no, you're a, you're a liar if you don't fail from time to time. Now, I don't believe we have to identify with that and say, well, I'm just, I just do that. No, God wants us to move towards perfection or we don't sin. And that's why we get Romans 6. No, we don't have an excuse to sin. If we've died to it, if we've been baptized, we say, no, I'm dead to that. It cannot live anymore. That's what Paul's talking about. Baptism is essential. You don't get newness of life without the removal of the old. But you don't. Removal of the old is nothing unless you get newness of life. Baptism has both. Amen? It takes us to the new. Praise God. So anyway, 1 John says, when you do fail, and this is the wonderful thing about it, this is the faithfulness of God. Great is thy faithfulness. And one of the most wonderful things about God's faithfulness is in this area. It's so wonderful what he does. He says, you just come back to me. You run back to me. Your baptism does not perfect you itself. But what it, it's commitment in coming back to me takes you there. There's a grace that, that covers all of our sins. And then there, there's a grace that enables us not to sin. And that's part of the baptism process. To care for what's been done wrong and to enable what's right. So that just as Jesus rose, we can rise. Amen. We don't have to be bound in that yeah, stuff. Amen. amen? But it's not up to us to do, to not be bound. It's not up to, to us to figure it out. It's up to us to just be immersed in him. Yeah. Amen? And he provides it for us freely. But he says, you got to come. You got to come to the water. You got to come commit yourself. Yeah. Amen? It, it's perilous without. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed with him should not, what? Perish. But believing is not, you cannot believe and not commit. You cannot believe and not have associated actions. When you believe in something, you will follow it. So Jesus is calling us to follow him in baptism to where everything becomes new. Amen? If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are what? They're, they're put to death, aren't they? And what becomes? All things become new. All things, right? This is what baptism is. Right? And not just going under the water. It becomes a lifestyle. Amen? It's not just at the altar. But it's while you're walking down the street, yeah. being tempted by something that you were tempted by before, yeah. right? I'd like to go ahead and dismiss um, those that are going to be baptized here this morning. This is exciting, having people commit. 
you know. Um, and Hunter's going to help me today. Don't you like Hunter and Lindsay? Yeah. I've been so blessed. And, uh, you know, I, it's just neat. It's, it's wonderful to see people grow in the Lord and in the ministry. And, uh, but that's really what I see with, with, with so many people in our body here. I see people just, you know, I, I really, you cannot be under the spout where the glory comes out and not be affected by it in some way. Not, not, not grow in some way, right? And I just know this about uh, each one of us, that, that you stay in the word, you stay responding to the word, you stay committed to your baptism in Christ and to be being filled, being having the Holy Spirit upon you and following him. Amen? Amen. You, there, there will be change. It'll change your outlook on life. It'll change your perspective on everything. Amen? All right. Uh, all right, Isaiah, I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and you just say yes or no, and I'm going to ask you to repeat a, a couple things, okay? So do you repent of a life of sin and ungodliness? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? Do you love him with all of your heart, your mind, and your uh, soul and your strength? Yes, okay. Do you want to share anything for everybody about how Jesus has changed your life? He, he's just changed my life because, you know, I, I was just, he just changes my, my life a lot. That's good. Awesome, Isaiah. Okay, I'm going to have you repeat a couple things, okay? So I repent of all sin and a life without Christ. I am dead to sin and alive in Christ. And I will chase after Jesus and follow him for all of my days. All right. So it is after this confession and your faith in Jesus Christ that I, I will baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. Kayla, you ready? Take your time, take your time. All right, Kayla, are you excited? All right, <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna do the same thing I did with Isaiah. Did you hear me ask him some questions? All right, so do you repent of a life of sin and ungodliness? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? All right, do you love Jesus with all of your heart, your mind, and your soul, and your strength? All right. Do you want to share with everybody about what Jesus has done in your life? Jesus has done a lot of things for me in my life. He has helped me so much um, through my life. 
and I love him so much. All right, so repeat after me. Ready? I repent of all sin and a life without Christ. I am dead to sin and alive in Christ. I'm dead to sin and alive in Christ. And I will run after Jesus and follow him for all of my days. I will run after Jesus and follow him for all of my days. All right. Upon this confession and your faith in Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, do you repent of all sin and ungodliness? Do you, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? Yes. Do you love him with all of your heart, your mind, and your soul, and your strength? Yes, I do. Do you want to share anything with the church about how Jesus has changed your life? Uh, so we haven't had a church for a few uh, a while, and so God, I feel like, gave us an opportunity to come to this church and to bless us with wonderful pastors and youth pastors and I'm thankful that God can use you. Awesome. Well, it's so good to have you. Um, all right, repeat after me. You ready? I repent of all sin and a life without Christ. Repent of all sin and life without Christ. I am dead to sin and alive in Christ. I'm dead to sin and alive in Christ. I will follow after and run after Jesus for all of my days. I will run after Jesus for all of my days. I messed it up first, really, so. It's upon this confession in your faith in Jesus Christ that I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, I'm gonna have you scoot all the way up. Praise God. Well, I get the uh, I get the privilege of baptizing Braden this morning. So, yeah. Hallelujah. So, I wonder if it'd work like this. Now, nah, let's go this way. 
You think so? All right. Braden, I love you, man. I, I love uh, our times that we get together, like right before you go to sleep at night. What do we do? Huh? Don't we usually read and have you, have you uh, say memory verses? Yeah. Four. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, that the world through him might be saved. John 3, 16 and 17. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, well, um, so I know uh, you've grown up in our home, but knowing Jesus and living for Jesus is something you have to decide for yourself. Um, have you turned from a life of sin and, and uh, not knowing Jesus? Uh, have you made him your Lord and your Savior? Have you talked to him and said, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you love him? Do you love him with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength? Of course. Of course. <laughs> no, you have to say it. It's, yes. like, it's, it's kind of like when you're sitting in the exit aisle. You can't just say, of course. You have to say yes. Say yes. yes. All right. All right. Is there something you'd like to share about what Jesus means to you? Well, um, sometimes in my life, in tough times, um, God reminds me that he is good. And what does that mean to you? It, mean, um, it means that he is my Lord and Savior. Oh, that's good. All right. So uh, repeat this after me. Um, I repent of a life of sin and ungodliness. I repent from a life in sin and ungodliness. I am dead to sin and alive unto Christ. I am dead to sin and alive unto Christ. I commit to follow and run to Jesus all the days of my life. I commit to follow and run to Jesus all the days of my life. All right, that's awesome. So because you've confessed Jesus is your Lord, I'm going to baptize you right now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. All right. Yeah. All right, look over here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Ben, so glad you're here today. Praise God. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying getting to know you a little bit better. Here, why don't you, why don't you come over here just a little bit. There we go. Now, now you can, you can look towards me if you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've been enjoying getting to know you, and, I, and, and uh, it's going to be fun as we go, too, I know, because there's... I, I just sense a lot inside of you that there's a passion alive in, inside for God. And that's just so encouraging. And I know God has a plan for your life that is significant. And I believe today is a part of that. And, uh, you know, um, Hunter let me know. He said, you, you were, he was talking to you about this, and you said, well, does the Bible say to do it? 
And Hunter said, yeah, and you said, well, I'm going to do it then. Don't you like that? If God says do it, I want to do it, right? <laughs> Isn't that good? So, uh, yeah, this is about you making a statement today. It's, it's not something we're trying to get you to do. We'll give, kind of help you out with part of what this is. Um, but uh, ha have you uh, repented of sin and, and turned from the things that are not of God in yes. your life? Yes. Um, have you made Jesus your Lord? Have you talked to him and said, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. Do you love him? Is he part of your life? Do you love him with your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your strength? Yes, I do. Is there anything you'd like to just share about what Jesus means to you? You know, what he's been in your life, even. Um, he's brought me overwhelming peace in a time of total dismay. That's great. That's great. He's the Prince of Peace. Yeah. And in his presence is fullness of joy. Yeah. There, oh, there's so much to discover in that. I'm, I'm so excited for you. Um, so just repeat this after me. Um, I repent of, of all sin in my life and, and commit to a new life in Christ. I commit, wait, I repent of all sin in my life and commit to a new life with Christ. In fact, I'm dead to sin and alive under Christ. <laughs> I'm dead to sin and alive to Christ. And I will follow and run to Jesus all the days of my life. I will follow and run to Jesus all the days of my life. All right, praise God. So because you've confessed this, and I encourage you to bend your knees. <laughs> I'm going to baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And this is a commitment of your life in its totality before God. Praise God. <laughs> Love you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. Oh, we got to get the picture. All right. <laughs> All right. Praise God. Isn't this good? Yes. New life in Christ. Oh, it's so wonderful, isn't it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, on this note, <laughs> um, why don't we stand up together and let's just rejoice in this new life that we have in Christ today. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was me. 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 Charlene, isn't Charlene wonderful? You know, since since she's come here, it's been like a bright spot. It's just been, it's like every time she comes in, there's like this, this joy of the Lord that just beams from her. Isn't that wonderful? Now, what's wonderful, what's interesting about, about Charlene is, um, and, and, and we referred to a reference here today that talked about this, is um, she's renewing a commitment, right, today? And this is precious. You know, there, it's, I don't think it's necessarily required, but it's precious. It's kind of like renewing your vows, I think. Yeah. Is that right? Is that how you're looking to at Jesus. it? Yeah, to Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to Jesus, right, right, yeah, and um, and what this is doing, I, I, I'm I'm seeing this happening in you uh, progressively. I, I'm seeing this happening in you progressively. That you have made commitments unto God 
that are significant in the last several months anyway that progressively take you to another place in him that that is very significant and um and i believe this is a part of that it's it's something that you've decided in your heart that you know what the old is gone that's right isn't that good and let it be gone forever let it be gone forever and now that justification just as if it never happened that's yours (laughs) isn't that good that's good yeah praise god now now it's upon you to forgive me (laughs) all right so i built you up so you'd forgive me right okay all right all right all right right. (laughs) yeah so have you have you turned completely from from all sin and ungodliness in your life so, uh, and you've made Jesus your Lord. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Some of these, is, it's almost like Hunt of Braden, uh, yes, of course, course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, right. But, but it has to be said, doesn't it? It has to be said, declared. Um, and, and do you love him like big time? Does he like? <laughs> big time. Big time. Like everything big time. Yeah, yeah. Husband, father, everything. Why don't you go on about it just a little bit? You might want to hold on. Oh, hold on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Since coming here almost two years ago, um, everything has changed, really. When when you say everything changes when you walk through these doors, it's true. Um, This is a place of healing. I have healed so much. Um, I think the difference is I've allowed God to heal me and come in and take over every part of my life and it is it's it's been transformational I remember Pastor Mark coming and talking about change and transformation and I was like that's me I had to go through change to get to the to go through the transformation and I feel like the difference is I've allowed him to just be take over every part of every that. part yeah and now i i know you say you surrender um and i've surrendered bits and pieces over the times but i've decided to surrender all of it to amen him, amen live completely for him yeah and jump out of the boat and do whatever he's asking me to do which is i just have to breathe through that one <laughs> Yeah. So, but I'm so And it's excited. beyond where you can even see now. It's so beyond. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, I cannot do anything without him ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Praise so. God. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. So, uh, just just say this after me. Okay. Say, I, I repent of all sin and ungodliness in my life. I repent of all sin and ungodliness in my life. And I... Uh, I'm dead to sin and alive to Christ. I am dead to sin and alive to Christ. And I commit to run to and follow Jesus, not just every day, but every moment of my life. I commit to run to Jesus every day of my life. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. Because you've confessed him this way. Yeah, there you go. Put the, there we go. We got it figured out. <laughs> All right. 
I'm going to baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. All right. <laughs> Love you. Praise the Lord.